3: your perfect home, sweet home. Hi, right, let me let me talk my talk.
0: Here we go. Uh, he said live living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle, they say you do this with none of that. My rapping is really bad. This life as a gringo. Yes, welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to another show, man. We are almost at the weekend, so uh, exciting times. I'm definitely taking some time off for myself this next week, so I am very excited for for this upcoming weekend. Um, with that said, uh, on today's show, we're gonna be talking about representation. And why it is so important, especially when you're talking about people of color. And this conversation uh, was inspired by a few different things, a few different trending stories that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Uh, The first of which being the new U.S. census data that was just released um, showing an increase in uh, minority populations. And I'll break all that down specifically um, in our next segment. And also uh, some things in Hollywood that we saw um, the movie Blue Beetle, uh, casting a Latin lead, as well as when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community, we saw uh Robin from Batman and Robin, uh, coming out as bisexual, and this definitely uh had some mixed feelings as you would expect on the internet. Uh, and to talk about that, I'm actually gonna be bringing on a guest, the homie Cat Lasso, who is a host on the Spotify Morning Show, The Get Up. She's also just an incredible content creator, producer, actress, all of the above. And she's somebody who identifies as a bisexual woman. So I wanted to talk to her and get her perspective on a few different things. But obviously, this conversation, why things like this kind of matter. I mean, so many people are quick to write off. You know, why does a comic book character have to have a a sexuality? Uh, And we'll get into that conversation with her and she'll give you her perspective. And of course, we'll take questions from all of y'all out there, my fellow gringos. We will do that in our Ask a Gringo segment. Before that, though, let's kick things off doing a bit of a deep dive behind this topic today of representation and why it's so incredibly important. And we'll do that in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say a for the people in the back. Say a for the people in the back. Say for the people in the back. All right, so not that I need an excuse to talk about why something like representation is so incredibly important. I mean, the lack of representation that we've seen in almost all aspects of life, from politics to Hollywood. Um, for those of us who are people of color, specifically Latinos. And of course, not really ever seeing a well-rounded viewpoint of Latinos when it comes to Hollywood, always just kind of getting typecast and and stereotyped into certain uh, roles. But it's probably even more important now than ever. Like this conversation is so much more important now than ever because the country itself is actually going through a drastic change when it comes to who is making up the population. So there was some new U.S. census data that was released last week uh, that actually showed the white population decline for the first time in history this last decade with significant increases among people who identify as multiracial, Hispanic, or Asian, driving much of the population growth between 2010 and 2020. And by the way, I'm getting all of this from Uh, Reuters.com, uh and I quote, the data offered a portrait of an increasingly diverse nation, the non-Hispanic white population, which remains the largest race or ethnic group, shrank 8.6% over the decade and now accounts for 57.8% of the U.S. population, which is the lowest share on record. Yes, white people population are shrinking while the rest of us seem to be going up. They go on to say people who identify as multiracial increased by 276% from 9 million in 2010 to 33.8 million in 2020. For the first time as a U.S. state, California's largest ethnic group is Hispanic at 39.4% of the population, according to the data. In Texas, another large state, the non-Hispanic white population stood at 39.7%, just slightly larger than the Hispanic population at 39.3%. Yo, we out here right now. And to me, that's why this conversation is more important now than ever, because now... There's no excuse for our politicians to not look like us, for the characters that we see on TV and film to not look like us. Like, we make up a large portion of the population in this country, and it's time for everything else to begin to reflect that. And I know some people on the other side would probably be like, well, shouldn't just the best people get casted for roles? And it's like, yeah, dick, that might be the the logical explanation. But the problem is, historically, Even when we've been the best person for a role, we haven't been considered because majority of like roles in Hollywood, let's say, are written for white people. Right. Like the ideal American family on television is a white family. Right. Like not by no means could it be a multiracial family or a black family or a Latino family. Right. Like, no, the ideal family that we see on TV has to be a white family. And if you see a family of color you know, it is on like a gang show, right? It is uh, about living in the hood. It is following, you know, a main one other stereotypes about our culture. And that's a problem because you have kids growing up in this country who are Latino, who are black, who are biracial. And this is what they're seeing as the representation for who they are, right? Like we're all products of our environment. And a big part of that is also the media that we ingest. And, And so many of us probably don't know our place in the world or didn't know what we were capable of because we never saw anybody that looked like us doing things. I know for me, I can I can think back to my days of playing in a band, you know, and, and people being like, why are you playing that white music? You know, like as if music has a fucking color or something like that. But like, I didn't really have a reference point, you know, as to be like, well, no, there's plenty of other people of color, you know, making heavy rock music, metal, whatever you want to call it. And it wasn't until... I discovered the uh, the '80s hardcore band Bad Brains, who are a group of of black men, Rastafarian black men, who happened to make hardcore punk music. That like I felt like I had something to like to get back at people. You know what I mean? When somebody would try and clown me, I would point them to this incredible band, you know, and that was my representation. That like made it okay in my own head as I was growing up and formulating my own opinions about life. Like that made me keep pressing on and made me feel like you know what, I do belong here, regardless of what other people around me might be saying. And I'm sure I'm not the only one, you know, who who looks at it that way. I mean, even let's just say our politicians, you know, what I mean, like, why was it such a big deal for somebody like Barack Obama to get not only nominated, but then also win the presidency? Like, that's huge because it sets the tone. It tells black kids everywhere and people of color everywhere like you have a place here. Politics are not just a white man's game who has some sort of, you know, uh, Historical last name that pushes them up to the front of the line or has some sort of like money behind them, whatever the case would be. Like, that's why, even like Kamala Harris becoming the VP, um, at first being you know the 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 nominee and, and being on the ticket as the as a vice president, as a woman, and then also as a person of color. But then when they won and, and she's being sworn in by Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, you have two. Women of color standing up there and one of them is being sworn in as the vice president of the United States of America. Like kids watching at home have to be influenced by that. You know what I mean? Like I can only assume parents telling their kids, like, do you see that? Do you see that that woman up there, that person of color, that black woman up there, that Latino woman up there swearing her hand like these people are in some of the most important and powerful positions in this country And that shows you that there is no reason why you can't do what you want to do in this world. And as incredible as as those moments are that I speak of, unfortunately, they're still anomalies. You know, what I mean, like to really be fair in this world and get to a place where we're all, you know, on on the same, uh, you know, equal ground. Like we have to get to a place where it's no longer strange that, uh, you know, insert whatever this person's race is, whether they're the first Black, Latino, Muslim, woman, man, whatever the case may be, trans, you know, we have to get to a place where like we no longer have to use that tagline uh, when we're attaching, you know, somebody's name to something like the census is showing that this world is changing. And not to mention uh, that number of of Latinos growing and and biracial and, and everybody else like it's probably larger than that because you have so many Latinos that are scared of giving information out there like that. I would almost guarantee and bet my own, you know, money on it that the the percentages are definitely a lot larger than what's actually even being shown in the census. And since that is the case, it is time for this country to recognize that and understand that we have to be represented in every single aspect of this world. And that that means not just being, you know, your warehouse workers or your nurses or your, you know, whatever other trope that we have about Latinos and their role. Uh, in the workplace, but also being the executives, the CEOs, the people in positions of power, the decision makers, okay, the ones out there moving and shaking their respective industries, like there's no reason why we should not have that equal representation. And I know I'm coming in hot right now, but this sense is just like, got me fired up. And it, it to me is just like statistical proof and just like a slap in the face that there's no reason why we shouldn't be equally represented out there in this world right now because the numbers are showing we are a growing population and i mean by most predictions we will become the majority at some point in time down the road so our time is now and and representation is incredibly important especially for this next generation to be able to see what they are capable of and that the color of their skin the area that they grew up in none of that dictates what they can or cannot do in this life and that's what representation does it reminds us that anything is possible regardless of what you look like or where you're from. Now, with that said, I want to jump into the Nihente, uh segment of the show and bring on my homie Cat Lasso. Uh, I think she's incredibly well-rounded to talk about a lot of these different things from her time as an actress to her time uh, casting movies and television shows, you know, behind the scenes. She's worked a number of different jobs in Hollywood and I think can, can give us a, a bit of inside baseball, if you will, um, about the process and, and what Hollywood kind of does uh, when they're casting people of color. And also, I wanted to have somebody on here uh, of the community who can speak to uh, this whole kind of trending and, I don't know, somewhat controversial um, story about Robin from Batman and Robin uh, being bisexual in one of the new comics. So Kat uh, identifies as bisexual. So I wanted to get her take on this and hear from from her, you know, why this this thing matters. So we're going to have her hop on, in just a second. But first, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
2: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect.
4: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: My guest is a multimedia producer and host. She is the host of The Get Up on Spotify, the homie, Cat Lasso, how we feeling?
1: Hey, I'm good. You know, we were actually just on the mic together, so it's nice yes. to see your face again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, we've been seeing too much of each other, baby. I don't know.
1: Not yet, not yet. Okay, I don't think we've gotten in
0: there yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten sick of each other yet, which is good. Um, so, I mean, listen, I want to get your perspective on all that's going on right now uh, as far as pop culture and a few things as far as Hollywood as well, because I know that that is your expertise. So if it's yes. cool with you... Let's uh, kind of dive into some of these topics.
1: Please tell me what's
0: going on. We're seeing this push for like, you know, more representation for Latinos in Hollywood. I know for you, you've worked in casting. You work behind the scenes, in front of the camera, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're even seeing this this superhero movie. Everybody's excited about Blue Beetle, which has a Latino lead in Zolo Maridueña. He's the kid from uh, Cobra Kai. Um, yeah. I mean, having worked in casting, let's kind of take it from that perspective a little bit. I mean, are you excited by what you see? I mean, and generally what has been your experience when it comes to casting in Latinos and the roles that they're offered.
1: Okay. So just a heads up, I know nothing about superhero world Blue sure. beetle or anything. Same so here. yeah, my perspective is definitely coming from uh, having been in casting rooms as a casting associate mm-hmm. and also auditioning as an actor. And mm-hmm. here's the thing, right? At the same time that I'm very much, I'm here to champion for Latino representation, I think Mm -hmm. the question we have to ask ourselves is which Latinos are getting the most limelight right now? Mm, Right. So when you think of something like in the heights and the controversy that came out of that, the Latinos who are often applauded and are given the awards and given the main character roles and recognized Mm -hmm. are non-black Latinos, right? Or they are like Mestizo Latino Latinos like myself, right? Someone right. who's like a mixture of indigenous and white European, right? And so for me, it's like, yes, this is great, mm-hmm. but the bar is very low. Like right. our Afro Latino brothers and sisters, siblings, have not gotten <laughs> enough attention at sure. all, whatsoever. So I feel like only until all of us are represented, mm. am I going to be like, oh yeah, that's what's up, great for all of us. Right, right, right. Right now, it's not cutting it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point because I had a, I had a Marla Negra on my show um, a couple of weeks back. And obviously, she's a huge advocate for, for Afro-Latinas. Um, but I, I was kind of asking because she was really harsh on In the Heights. And I was saying yeah,
2: to her, you know, she should
0: be. right. And she checked me. And, and I appreciate it because I was kind of, like, well, shouldn't we just be celebrating the fact that we're out here getting a big look like this? And she said, you know, listen, that is something to be celebrated. But at the end of the day. We have not done right by ourselves as well. I mean, if you look at Telemundo and all these other state, like you know, TV stations that are Latin-run and 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 you know have Latin at people as their f- forward-facing. know faces of the company they still haven't done right by the afro latinos when they've been put in that position of power but you
1: know what dramos let's Mm. not even look there right Mm. like as two individuals who have been born here in the states like let's not even look at latin american media Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um let's concentrate here when you think of the like the top grossing uh latinos right Mm. now We're talking about the Sofia Vergara's. We're talking about, you know, Gina Rodriguez's. We're talking about who who gets casted. You know, we're talking about Mm -hmm. John Leguizamo. Yet again, these are all non-Black Latinos Mm -hmm. uh, who may fit into like a Mestizo type of racial background. Right. But yet Afro Latinos are constantly erased out of what supposedly, you know, our community. That is, oh, we embrace everybody. Right, it's not enough. And it yeah, actually, yeah. I think it takes a lot. I think what needs to happen behind the scenes is have people in uh, seats of authority that mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. this as an issue and actually give up some power and be like, right. Oh, I know that this celebrity, they're an A list Latina and like, Mm -hmm. you know, they got that name recognition, but actually, you know, for this role, why don't we consider this person? Mm -hmm. That's what really should have been happening in something, for example, like in the Heights, where, yeah, clearly there was an error there.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, let's even just talk about historically when it comes to the parts that Latinos have been given in Hollywood. You know what I mean? We're always like, Either the drug dealer, we are the villain, we are the women are, are over sexualized, you know what I mean? They are like the person who uh, the white dude is cheating with, you know what I mean? All these different things. I mean, did you kind of see a lot of that kind of narrative being pushed when you were in in Hollywood?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's why I got into the work that I now do, which is like mm-hmm. producing,
0: uh, right. because I was
1: fed up with the roles that the industry was having me audition for. Right. The amount of times that I heard people be like, okay, but now can you do that with an urban accent? Right. <laughs> But which one though? You know, (laughs) yeah. And also, like, you know, I went to school, I studied classical theater. It was like Mm -hmm. four years of doing Shakespeare and all, you know, Macbeth and all of this stuff, and Mm -hmm. teachers getting rid of my New York accent. Right. To then go out and audition, and for people to be like, oh, can you? Can you just put a little urban twist on that? <laughs> right. and, and yeah, the the roles, honestly, dramas like the roles were emotionally taxing on me, mm-hmm. especially because at the age that I was auditioning, I was a, a teenager. You know, I was 17, 18, going out on auditions by myself and to realize that the roles that you were going out for were never main characters. It was always, you know, like the Latina best friend to the white main character. And Mm -hmm. then secondly, as a woman, specifically, so much uh, sexualized like imagery, right? That I was supposed to be portraying. And that takes a toll on your emotional health. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, I'm not cut out for this. Maybe someone else can like tolerate this and wants to push uh, forward Mm -hmm. as an actor. But for me, I was like, I'm out. I'm going to figure out another way. And producing was the way that I did that.
0: No, that that makes perfect sense. I mean, you definitely have to protect your own mental at the end of the day. But let me ask you, in your experience, do you think that we also bear some sort of blame like ourselves as a community?
1: As someone Mm -hmm. who also worked at a predominantly, not a predominantly, they were a Latino digital platform that created Mm -hmm. content for other Latinos. I think we can also be very guilty Mm, of perpetuating these stereotypes of like um, really hanging on to like tropes within our community. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, Abuela jokes, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Vicks, uh, the Chancla, we've all heard it. And I think that's because at the end of the day, what ends up happening is that we are striving for the white dollar. Sure. Right. So we know that it doesn't, it's not enough that we are like creating the content, we have to own the content, we have Mm -hmm. to own the building, right? Right. And if that, then what ends up happening is we're creating content, but we know that we have to meet the demands of the white gaze, and specifically the white male gaze, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I'm happy doing, you know, making Latino content, right? At the end of the day, how is this going to be palatable for Mm. mainstream audiences? right? white
0: people. (laughs) Of course. No, absolutely. And also we can't allow ourselves to fall to the almighty dollar and be bought. You know what I mean? Especially because I feel like a lot of Latinos don't realize what is riding on all of this right now. You know what I mean? Like this attention that we're having, we need to come correct. And we can't sit here and just say, oh, because it's an easy check, I'm going to now do something that makes not only myself look bad, but also my culture look bad. You know, that's exactly what that was in that instance. I'm sure these This brand was paying a lot of money for this ad spot and everybody was just kind of like, "Okay, I'll turn a blind eye to it because the check is clearing. And that's just not the way we have to think. We have to stand for something at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, what makes it hard is that for those of us who come from an economic background, uh, low income background, that's a that's a tough decision, you know, especially when it comes to like social capital, meaning like doors are opening for you, sure. maybe you're the first in your family to finish college to get, uh, you know, a creative job, not a like right. nine to five type of job. It's yeah. like, yo, I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do. Like, if this man tells me I gotta write Nacho in here, I'm gonna write Nacho right. in
0: here. <laughs> so, right. so it's
1: really difficult. It, it is difficult because, on one yeah. hand, yeah, I do side with you. I think a lot of us need to take a stronger stance uh, on behalf of other people and not just our own interests. And then Mm -hmm. as someone who holds a lot of privilege uh, economically, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up in a middle class background, it's like, yeah, I don't know that struggle. I don't know what that struggle is to be like, I'm in this position and I don't really care. I've got to look out for myself.
0: Right, right. No, I mean, that's definitely a, a, a great point. And I think that, I mean, even if I look back on my own career, it's definitely been taking the stairs instead of the elevator. You know what I mean? And it's only until like years later that I'm now in a position like where I'm cool, but like I think you just have to be willing to stand for something at the end. Of the day. I would hope that, you know what I mean? And I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, I think, um, man, we have to, I think as a culture and not even just Latinos, but as people understand that it's more important to stand for something to get success uh, when you're actually standing for something, as opposed to just kind of conforming for that quick, you know, uh, yeah, fix.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, so, all right. So let's talk about something that I know you're a big advocate for. We touched on this on the GetUp up um, Spotify's morning show, which I'm guest hosting with you and, uh, and Xavier. Um, But let's talk about this. So one of the big stories, and of course, this has ruffled some feathers, um, you know, and also gotten a lot of positive feedback as well, was that Robin from Batman and Robin is going to be coming out as bisexual in a new comic. Uh, And of course, I mean, you're somebody who identifies as bisexual. You're very proud of that and you very much advocate on behalf of that. So... You have the floor. Why is something like this so important for the people who say, like, do we really need to make a comic book character, you know, have a sexuality like that?
1: So here's the thing, right? Uh, I can't speak for bisexual men, for bi Mm -hmm. men. But I think the common stigma with bisexuality is that it's not a valid sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if a woman says she's bi, then it's always thought, oh, well, you know, she's just uh, fooling around, but really she just right. likes men. you know. Like right. if, if that happens, if it's a guy, then it's like, oh, well, he's just lying to himself. He's probably mm. just gay. Right. And really, at the end of the day, what that is, is nothing makes sense if it doesn't circle around men. Right. Sure. In both cases, if, mm-hmm. if men aren't at the center of attention, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs>
0: right. Right.
1: So, I think with with Robin specifically, um, to have a superhero and that in itself is such a has been such a masculine figure in like our pop culture history. Right. So to have someone like Robin also be bisexual, I think that is going to open the eyes to a lot of young folks. A lot of young boys Mm -hmm. uh, tell them that it's okay. You know, we have folks like Little Nas X who thankfully, is also doing the same, maybe in a different venue uh, when it comes to music. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, That's the type of representation that we need. I will say, as you kind of mentioned, Mm. yeah, it is controversial because I looked at a lot of the comments. I know Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to.
0: Should it, yep.
1: (laughs) But I looked at the comments because it's also really important to see um, how people are responding and to take a temperature check, right? Right. And so, as I was looking in the comments at uh, several posts that were announcing this, it was ugly, dramas. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. so nasty. I don't know if you've seen it yourself.
0: Um, no, I didn't dive you know, into those comments. Of,
1: well, a lot of hate speech, uh, a lot of ignorance. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I think maybe, in my opinion, maybe one of the more problematic and dangerous comments is the idea of like, why do we need this? Mm-hmm. You know, like why why do we have to identify him as bisexual like you know uh, can he just be a superhero and it's so funny to me because i think when it comes to in particular other people who have uh marginalized identities so if it's black folks if it's latino folks if it's women it's like we have a very singular view right Mm -hmm. so if it's like this is the first female latina superhero we're all like oh yeah man i can't believe it but then when you add one more caveat to that that maybe doesn't resonate with your specific personal experience then right. it's like oh why are we dividing yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. that's that's such an unfair perspective to have right especially right. as someone who who can understand one one form of marginalization
0: right no absolutely not. i think definitely representation matters you know what i mean because you have so many mental health issues that really a lot of it is attached to people being ashamed of themselves. You know what I mean? Not feeling comfortable in their own skin. And unfortunately society just allows that to continue to happen. And I think what people miss is that if Robin was going on a date with a woman, this wouldn't even be a conversation, right? So that's kind of the place that we have to get to. And that's why it's so important for these things to happen because we have to get to a place where Robin goes on a date with a woman or a guy. Nobody should be batting an eye in general. You know what I mean? Because That sort of acceptance and that that sort of just creation of like a a reality where everybody's allowed to be themselves will allow people to feel a lot more comfortable in this world and and be more comfortable in their skin, and that's what we're striving for. And I think people kind of miss that a little bit.
1: I'm also striving for a character like Robin, who Mm -hmm. is a guy who is bisexual, to not be the sidekick. Mm. You know, I would also love that because I think uh, in a way it's a way for the industry to make some progress yeah very slowly you know because sure. god forbid batman came out as bisexual can you right. imagine the common <laughs> right if batman or you know name another main uh superhero if right. they came out as bi i think the idea is that like people would not be able to handle it but that we're able to handle it because well he's a sidekick so it's fine right
0: <laughs> no that's actually that is a great point i mean i, I think the overall like moral of of these stories is that we still have so much work to do, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, and we're counting on people like you, Dramos, mm, you know, cishet, hetero yeah. men in the industry. So I'm glad that you are talking about this. You're addressing this because your audience, I know you have lots of male viewers. So mm. I'm happy to know that we have someone like you advocating.
0: I appreciate that. that.
1: I think matters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an important, you know, important uh, thing to have. Like we all have to be doing our part. You know what I mean to to get rid of this just disgusting mindset that, unfortunately, is so ingrained in in our culture and our society.
1: Yes, let's get rid of it. I don't want to drink yes. that water.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kat, I appreciate you for for making some time. Uh, obviously, the get up is on Spotify every morning, seven a.m. Eastern Time. I am co-hosting uh, for the next couple of weeks, so y'all will catch me on there. Alongside Kat and X. Um, anything else you want to shout out? Your social media pages, what do you want people to check out?
1: Y'all can always find me at it's Cat Lasso on all platforms. I made it so easy, you know. <laughs> it's cat lasso. So yeah, Love thank it. you for almost for having me.
0: Of course. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you, man, tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow morning. <laughs> yes,
0: bright and early. <laughs> Bye. All right. Shout outs again to the homie Cat Lasso. Always enjoy these types of conversations with her. And now we move on to a conversation with you, my fellow gringos, uh, in a segment we call Ask a Gringo, where you ask me questions and you also answer questions that I have for you. So we'll do that in just a sec. But first, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
2: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future.
0: All right, so for this week's question, I think I did two questions. The first one was, uh, you know, as far as representation goes, what or who is inspiring you right now to go for your goals and why? All right, so at Brangie Life Coaching said, Sticks from, I think, Watts. I grew up in Watts and seeing what he has been doing is fire. Uh, I'm not familiar with, uh, with Sticks, but I just think something like this is incredible because, It is something as small as that, like seeing somebody where you are from, especially if it's from a community that um, is generally speaking is impoverished or underserved or or all of the above, you know, it's incredibly inspiring, obviously, to see somebody from your area. I mean, for me, even, you know, the pride of like seeing somebody from Jersey doing something or somebody from New York doing something like for whatever reason, just lights a bit of a fire under, you. you know what I mean? Because you know that these people, you know. Drove along a lot of the same roads as you walked along a lot of the same streets and 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 you know uh, hung out at a lot of the same places as you and now they are in positions that you can only dream about which to me kind of means that you're that much closer to being able to get to wherever you want to go so stuff like this is incredibly important. At Nate V five two three uh man very nice she said uh you as in me um have been a huge inspiration for me to chase my dreams and see the possibilities and I love that I mean for me personally. I know that it is a uh, a huge goal of mine to be a person of influence for good and to be an inspiration for others. You know what I mean? For who look like me or um, come from certain backgrounds or similar backgrounds to me. You know, I think it's just something that is incredibly important to me. And when I think about what I want my legacy to be at the end of the day, I hope that it is somebody who's inspired, you know, um, a whole gang of people to, to go after what they want to do. And, and hopefully that, you know, uh, when it's all said and done, I was somebody who, who showed people that it's possible. I love this one right here from my guy, Ice Meese, who kind of flipped it because he said uh, my daughter because she is a person I am obligated to set an example for, uh, which, again, I absolutely love. So Ice is kind of taking on that form of being that representation, you know, and understanding the responsibility that comes along with that and not only understanding it, but also welcoming that responsibility, which is absolutely huge. I mean, and it's probably means even more uh, it being somebody that is your actual blood. Um, you know to have that that weight on your shoulders and to embrace that think is a beautiful thing and, and that's definitely the way that you um you know should be going about your life you know embracing these responsibilities and understanding that we all have a, a responsibility uh for somebody out there all right and then the second question i asked people was um where do you want to see more inspiration uh my guy at the young philosopher said uh more foster kids represented which i think this is absolutely beautiful i mean Um, I'm personally not somebody who grew up in the foster care system, but even seeing somebody like Tiffany Haddish, uh, you know, talking about foster care uh, and being a product of it and to see where she has gotten, it's incredibly inspiring for for me. I can only imagine what it means to kids who actually did grow up in the in the foster care system, you know, and and man, you know, uh, for them to be able to see somebody like her Coming from that background and doing it now, uh, you know her career and her dream at such a high level. I can only imagine just how inspiring that is. At Caricia underscore Rod said healthcare. Uh, and yeah, I agree that that's a a beautiful thing. And not only healthcare, I would because I feel like we're we are very much represented when it comes to um, nurses. But I would love to see more doctors. You know what I mean? More people of color who are. Who are doctors and not to put down nurses, they're incredible you know human beings and and doing so much hard work, but I think it's sort of become a bit normalized in our community, but for whatever reason we aren't exactly represented when it comes to somebody who's uh you know holds the title of doctor and when you talk about how many you know um health complications come along with our community or kind of the uh, ignoring of our of our health problems that comes along uh, with our community, you know and I just think uh, more representation would probably uh be incredibly beneficial to that and be just a, such an incredible aid to that. And then I quickly put out um you know any general questions that somebody might have for me when it comes to uh representation and uh at Benji Life Coaching said uh what is your long-term vision about who you represent? Man, this is obviously an incredibly heavy and important question. Um I think for me it's it's definitely, you know, um you know, Latin people, but specifically those born here in the U.S. like myself. And not to say that I don't hope to inspire um, those on the mainland, but, you know, for me growing up here in the States and and understanding how underrepresented I feel like we are here, um, it's important for me to be that advocate, that voice and that face uh, for us. And also being a face for, for showcasing there isn't just one way to be Latin. There is no such thing as the right way to be, you know, Latino. Um, in this world. And that's something that's incredibly important to me to put on display. And also, I mean, to to encourage people not to just settle for the easy life or not to just listen to what everybody else has to say about, you know, the route they should be taking in their life. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we all can be living a very fulfilled life and and living out our dreams as long as we put in the work, you know, and that's what it's all about. And I hope that you know, when I share my story, especially if you haven't checked out the last episode where I talk about finding your voice, you know, I run through my journey, my 15 year long journey to get to even just this point that I'm at right now. And I, I like to talk about that stuff because it was an incredibly difficult path, a difficult and long path for me. And I want to make sure I put that out there because I feel like there's a lot of stories of people kind of like, oh, I met this one person and everything kind of fell, you know, right into place. But for me, it took an incredibly long time, a lot, a lot of failures, years and years of failing. Um, and years and years of those closest to me, you know, basically telling me they didn't think that this was the life for me. Um, it took me having to push past all of that to, to achieve any level of success. So um, I definitely want to be that representation for for, uh, you know, anybody who might have a similar story to mine and um, is, is going to a similar kind of thing when it comes to, you know, finding that support system and finding that belief or that faith in yourself that you can, uh, you know, find success. And with that said, thank you all as always for participating in the show. At DJ Dramos, if you want to be a part of the conversation, I always pose these questions for each and every episode and we drop episodes every Tuesday and Thursday if you're new here. So I want you all to remember you're just as much a part of this show as I am. So definitely follow me on there. I'll post the questions to my stories. I want to hear you guys participating in, uh, in all that we're talking about. Now, as we wrap things up, we're going to get into our segments called Conclusion Stew where we just kind of, you know, summarize all that we've learned and talked about today. Time for soon. Mm. All right. So uh, I can't help but feel like this is just an incredibly important conversation because I feel like, uh, you know, so many of us are blind and myself included in the past to like just how important things are, like by what we see even just on TV. And I use that because that's like the easiest example. But To me, the fact that I never even really questioned like why don't the people on my favorite TV shows or the people on TV in general, like why don't they look like me? I think shows just how normalized this is that, you know, um, the faces that we see in media and on television or in political spaces, whatever the case may be, in leadership positions and power positions, we're just so used to them being white that we don't even really question it anymore. And not to say there's anything wrong with, you know, white people. I'm not one of these like, People are like, you know, oh, fuck white people everywhere. Like, no, nah, I, I never believe any any of that kind of stuff. Um, I talk about it from the point of, again, representation, which this whole conversation is about, you know, how can our stories be told? How can our needs be met when you don't have people from that particular community in a position of power and doing the people's work because they actually really do Understand the people's needs because they are from that community. You know, that's what's incredibly important. Or in Hollywood, like understanding just how diverse our community is, you know, it'd be like it'd be hard for a white person or somebody outside of our race to really understand how complex the Latin community is and how diverse it is, you know, all kinds of um, different colors and dialects and walks of life, ways of life, you know what I mean? Like we're a very diverse community. And it's no coincidence that like the stories that are shown out there and the stories that are being told are all very similar and very one dimensional because you don't have people from the community in these positions of power making decisions and making sure that, you know, stories are being told in a in a proper manner. It's like, why are we always the drug dealers? Why are we always the bad guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't doesn't make any sense. And I think, you know, kind of putting a a neat little bow on all of this as we see the numbers in this country begin to reflect that we are no longer a small minority. We also can't allow ourselves to just be a silent majority once we become the majority. Like our needs, our wants and our voices have been ignored for far too long. And now that we have numbers, like it's critically important that we put ourselves in a position to make sure our voices are heard. That comes with voting and and going after jobs that might seem a bit crazy to us, you know, And, and all of the above, like everything that comes along with it, everybody can do their part, you know, speaking out even amongst your own friends and your community about the things that are wrong, you know, speaking out in your workplace, being that voice for representation, you know, because while having the numbers is a huge, huge part of this, it don't mean nothing if we actually aren't doing something with it and we aren't demanding to see, results that accurately represent like our numbers in this country so yeah i mean at the end of the day i think my my little neat message behind all this stuff is that we need to use our voices for what we want to see because it's important because the next generation is watching you know what i mean the next generation is being inspired by what we do or don't do and that means even you know from conversation we're talking about the latin community as well as the conversation we were talking about with Kat and the LGBTQ plus community. Like we have to realize that everybody deserves to have their voice heard and deserves to see somebody that looks like them or is from their community, you know, out there doing great things to inspire them to do something else, you know, and to understand that when we do see that representation, it definitely provides a sense of comfort in us to truly be ourselves, which y'all know at the end of the day is my biggest message. You know, it's the idea of really embracing who you truly are, And um, man, seeing that representation definitely makes it a hell of a lot easier. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode. I appreciate all the love and support, man, we've been getting uh, on this show as it grows. You guys are incredible at DJ Dramos on Instagram if you want to be a part of these conversations. And uh, man, I'll catch y'all next week on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Podcast Network
3: and iHeartRadio. your perfect home sweet home. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's gotta be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.